I want you to know I did not kill my daughter. Agnes Carpenter's first words to Barry Morrill were piercing. Set to interview the Carpenter family matriarch, he was thunderstruck as the woman suddenly jumped in front of the family's housekeeper who had answered his knock at the door. The startling and awkward occurrence interrupted Morrow's introduction. Yes, ma'am, he replied with caution. May I come in? The year was 1984. Hollywood producer Jerry Weintraub had called a meeting with Barry Morrow, a screenwriter whose resume included two recent popular television movies starring Mickey Rooney and Dennis Quaid, the Emmy Award winner Bill, 1981, and Bill on His Own, 1983. Both were based on the writer's real-life friendship with Bill Sachter, a mentally challenged man he befriended and saved from the institution where Sachter spent 44 years of his life. On Thursday, October 18th, Weintraub asked Morrow to write the screenplay for an upcoming television movie with the working title, A Song for You, The Karen Carpenter Story. You know, I am just not a fan of the Carpenters, Morrow told Weintraub, who had managed the duo's career since 1976. Morrow knew of the Carpenters' music and recalled news reports of Karen's untimely death the previous year, but he didn't particularly like their music. It was considered elevator music, he recalls. I was listening to Acid Rock, Dylan, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Determined, Weintraub began to cajole Morrow. All right, listen, he said. Here's what you have to do. I am going to give you three or four albums and a great bottle of wine. I want you to go to a room, turn off the lights, drink this wine, and listen to these albums. Morrow, who admits he had never enjoyed a good bottle of wine at that point in his life, much less a great one, followed Weintraub's orders. I had never heard her before. I had never stopped to listen, he said. I had never heard the sadness and the sorrow and the pain in her voice. I thought when she sang, I'm on top of the world, she was serious. I never heard the undertones to it, the layers. When I heard the guitar solo in the middle of Goodbye to Love, I thought, wait a second. I never even knew the Carpenters. Finishing the bottle of wine, Morrow phoned Weintraub. I'm in, he said, if you still want me. Barry Morrow knew very little of the story he was hired to write. Naturally, one of his first interviews was with Karen's brother, Richard Carpenter, who was ambivalent about lending his name to a film about his sister. He saw the potential for pain in such a production, not only for himself, but for his elderly, still grieving parents, devastated by the loss of their daughter. Morrow found Richard to be extremely guarded during their first meetings. More than anything, he saw the surviving Carpenter as highly protective, not only of his sister's, but also his own image, and even more so, that of his family. The interviews were frustrating and at times proved futile. This confused Morrow because he knew the Carpenter Circle had initiated and endorsed the project. Even so, he was determined to ask tough and direct questions like, Why did Karen die? With little to go on, Morrow relied on hopes that others would offer more information. He prepared to interview Karen's parents, who still lived in the house where their daughter collapsed. 
Immediately sensing the dynamics of the Carpenter family, Morrow knew he would have to take things slowly and cautiously. I want you to know I did not kill my daughter, was the last thing he expected to hear from Agnes Carpenter. I felt sorry for her that she would have to say something so shockingly direct and have it be the first thing out of her mouth. I realized this woman was very defensive and may have good reason to be. Agnes was still in denial. These were very commonplace stages that families go through or hide from. They didn't invent that level of dysfunction, but it was certainly there.